Krishna. I meant to ask you to bring your base, but I forgot. Shiva Sai Gora 
Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama Rama Krishna Hare 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 Rama 
Tonight, entitled This Is Me. 
we are very excited to hear about how this revelation will take place. More technical Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. So, uh, are we recording? Yes. But a sundry's not here tonight, so we can do anything we want. <laughs> we can be. That's the way the mice will play. So. <laughs> so thank you all for coming. Uh, what do you think about the title? This is me. Now where did where did I get that? Where did I get that? Uh, I get that from so many uh, people that I. <clears throat> well, almost all of us that I notice, and this is what we're trying to say to the world. This is me. I'm trying to get your attention. Proof of this is our good friend Facebook. Facebook is saying, hey, this is me. Uh, sometimes I hear people say, well, once I heard someone say, Either that or I dreamt it. I wish you as good a life as you portray on Facebook. Because, you know, pictures are always just to write. Everything is always, well, I don't know. Sometimes people are saying, oh, my gosh, things are, are not so good. You see that. But uh, it's kind of an indication or evidence that we are trying to show the world something about ourselves. You see? Oh. And the first one who sees it is me. I'm really doing this for me, aren't I? I look at my Facebook or whatever it is, but let's use Facebook as an example. I look at that and say, what does that say? Is that what I'm trying to tell everybody about me? My story? My life? They even have that thing on Facebook, don't they? Is it my day or my story? My story. My story. Yeah. All right. 
I really want you to know my story. <clears throat> so uh, I'm not criticizing. Everyone wants to portray this. Uh, and we see it everywhere. And it's always been that way. And it's not about the change. So um, the problem comes in when we're not really sure what our story is. You know, so it's like a writer sits down to write, sits down at the keyboard and he's gonna write and he has writer's block, you know? So we may, when it comes to figuring out our story, our me story, we may have uh, identification block. I, I'm, I, I don't know, I don't have enough information except just what's around me, you see. <clears throat> and I'm, I'm not really going to tell you the story that, like it used to be. I'm going to tell you the story of today. Does that make any sense? Because this is me now. This is me today. And I used to be someone else. I used to believe in Santa Claus. But I don't want to talk about that. It's kind of embarrassing. Tul Govinda just said, hey, what about Santa Claus? What do you mean? We should have broke it, broken it to him slowly. <laughs> okay, Radha Sundari's not here, so I got to pick on somebody. So, so. <laughs> so yeah, we used to be, uh, we used to believe in Santa Claus. We used to believe in so many different things. Well, some of us have made such great changes in our belief system. And that me that we portray to the world, uh, I've gone around, it's been a while, but I've gone around <clears throat> people that I've known for many, many years, people that I've known be since before I became a devotee. And you go to their house and they have all these different pictures, you see. So you see uh, a guy and his wife, they were in the 70s. You know, <laughs> their wedding picture, they got married in the 70s. He's got really long hair, you know, he's there. <laughs> see a Volkswagen bus in the background with a peace sign on it, you know. People in the back are like, <laughs> so and their eyes are all red <laughs> you know then you see another picture a little later on maybe in the 80s and they've got this spiked hair that's doing all this kind of stuff glitter so you know the 80s did their thing and you can see their wife is as tall as his wife is as tall as he is because she's wearing boots that have bottoms this high. You know, those things were popular. So that was them then. This is me. Each of these pictures as they go through life, this is me. And then later on, you see the same guy and he's having a throwback to the old hippie days, but he's involved in business. And so they, he's wearing what they call, uh, I think they called it a mulligan, which is short hair. Well, mullet. 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 Yeah, short hair, regular, but in the back is long. 
So I wanted to show you that I was once a long-haired hippie, but I'm not that anyway, that more, you know, today. So I'm kind of go get a little bit of my story, some, some of me that I used to be, some of me today, you know. I mean, I couldn't grow my hair all the way out. It wasn't socially acceptable at my job, so, but I did a, a mullet, you know. And so, and these things go on through life. So my story keeps changing. And we may not, or we might be uh, alerted to that. We may be aware that it's changing, but it's not really bothering us that it is changing. You know, not up front. Maybe subconsciously it's bothering us because it shows that I really don't know exactly who I am for very long. And I can't tell you that this is me. All I can say is this is me today. This is me now. So it's kind of like, uh, I wrote something a little earlier. I'm gonna have to read it because I didn't memorize it. Uh, our lives are somewhat like a play. We're, act we're actors in a play. A story that displays to the world and ourselves who we are and what we stand for. And we uh, are what we want to be. Uh, oh, excuse me. Uh, and we are what we are, what we stand for and what we are. We want to be the author just as any author who, uh, excuse me, I didn't write this properly. I can't see well today. My uh, blood sugar is high, so my vision's a little blurred. So I don't think I'd. <laughs> uh, I should have made the, the font like this big, so I could. What, what am I trying to say here? Our play, our life, is a story that displays to the world and to ourselves who we are and what we stand for. Now, we want to be the, the author of this story. Now, I sure don't want you or anybody else telling them my story or writing the story. I'm doing this myself, okay? So, but like any other author that's writing a story about someone, they need to learn as much as they can about that particular someone, right? If I'm going to write a story about Krishna Nam's life, well, I'm going to have to do some research, right? I'm going to have to talk to people that have known you for a long time, you know. I've already done that. I decided not to write that story. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, so... <laughs> Hey, yours wasn't so great either. <laughs> I don't know what you're giggling about. None of our stories were, were that great before we came to, I mean, really, we, we got all these stories and they weren't. Talk about stories, we're, we're just, the devotees, just the opposite. You know, some people are looking for a good ending. You know, the devotees already got the good ending. 
we're just considering the bad beginning that we had. That <laughs> we wonder, how did I make it? You know, we already have the ending. You know, the sto Krishna's already, he's already let the cat out of the bag where this story's going. You know where you're headed. You know what you're, you know. So, uh, you know who you are. So you can write a story about yourself. You can write this story of your life. You've done the research. You were there. And now you've discovered what was going on in the background. I was just acting. I was just playing it the way I kind of saw it at the time. You see, I was playing the hand that life dealt me as best as best I could. And we may realize if we're very, very fortunate that I didn't always write the story. I wasn't always the author because I was deeply influenced by other people's story. You see, I didn't know my true story. I didn't know who I was, really. I didn't know. So I needed to plagiarize a little bit. Well, I want to be like that guy, you know? Wow, he's got the coolest long hair. You know, the girls are attracted to him. I'm going to grow hair like that. So I'm going to get some of his story. I'm going to make it into my story. You see what I mean? This guy here has got such a great sense of humor. Well, I need some of that. So I'm going to, you know, and the way that guy dresses over there, whoa. Talk about taste. You see? So I'm going to. I'm going to borrow a little bit of your, I'm going to plagiarize a little bit of your story and a little bit of yours, you know, uh, because you know what? There's gaps in mine. I don't really know. All I know is I'm here right now and I want a story. I, I need something to show the world that I am. You see, I want to be able to say to the world, hey, this is me. What about me? Everyone else is getting so much attention. So I want, I want to show you this is me. But really this hodgepodge of input from other living entities that I've put together is not me at all. I've just plagiarized a lot of other people's stories. I've been influenced, you see. And that was going on for so long. It's just like, Oh, many years ago, many, many years ago, I went into business. I found myself in, in, uh, in, in business. I was a businessman. I was a devotee. But after 10 years out of the business world of being managing at ISKCON, I went back into the business world. So needless to say, I couldn't go out there looking for a job dressed like this, you see. So I needed to find out. What are these guys like now? First of all, what do I want to be like? So I had to find out. I'm going to be in business. What do these guys look like? How does he comb his hair? I mean, I'm going to grow some out. I want to know what to do with it once it gets out there. What kind of suits do they wear? You know, 
gee whiz, look, that guy's got a Rolex. Maybe someday I'll have a Rolex too. That way people will know I fit in with that crowd, you see. So I needed to identify with that crowd. I couldn't go in being the person that I saw me as. <laughs> you see, even when the devotee puts on a suit and tie, when he looks in the mirror, he doesn't really see them. <laughs> you think, you idiot, <laughs> you can't wait to get that thing off, can you? It could be an expensive Italian suit, you know, but you can't wait to get the thing off because this isn't me, but it's who I need to be during nine to five. You see, when I walk in that door, they need to see a different story. I can't tell you my story. I don't know, maybe you can now, but back in the 70s and 80s, you didn't bring uh, politics or religion into the workplace. I don't know what's going on now, and I don't really want to know. But you didn't. You just, if you're going to be successful, you left that out, you see. So we had to tell a different story, you see. So then uh, when I get to the point where I'm going to take Vanaprast, now I can go back to my original story, you see. What am I? I'm just a, a servant of my guru. He wants me to preach, so here I am. He wrote, he wrote a story for me, so here it is. This is my story. This is me, you see. Uh, but getting back to the average person, there is a tremendous amount of influence from the world. It's influence from the material nature. And since I don't know, unless I've had someone point out to me who you are, who I really am, and what my mission in life is, unless I've been so fortunate to receive that, I really don't know. So I have to make it up. Does that make any sense? You have to make it up. And that's all it is. That's all it is. Some people may think, well, I don't like the way you're saying it. No, it's true. Because this is just your story today. And you made it all up. Unless you are a humble servant of the Supreme Lord. You didn't write that story. That's just who you are. When you are in that consciousness that I'm nothing but a servant of Krishna. I'm nothing but a servant of God. When you're in that consciousness, you can say to the world, hey, this is me. This is my mind. My mind is thinking I am servant of, of Krishna. You see what I mean? And you know what your mission is. Your mission defines who you are, doesn't it? I mean, a soldier who's determined to be a good warrior, that kind of defines his story. So his mission. So if your mission is to serve Guru and Krishna and all living entities by spreading Krishna consciousness to everyone, that defines who you are. And that is your real story. So, am I making this up? Some people may say, 
Where does he get this? He's not going to tell me that I don't know my story. Who's he to tell me that I don't know what my story is? I don't know who I am. <laughs> well, it's not me. I get this. I was influenced by Krishna. <laughs> Krishna says, Bhagavad Gita, and I re we, we covered this last Saturday, this verse. We are doing the Bhagavad Gita, 15th chapter. Uh, and I just love this verse so much. We can, actually, I've given through the years many, many different classes on this verse. And all of them are different and make different points. <laughs> Bhagavad Gita is like that. They all make the same point, but you can point it different ways. First of all, this verse will de completely defeat any impersonalist philosophy. If you believe in Krishna, impersonalist, uh, in that, the, let's say the merging, becoming one with God. If you give any credibility to Krishna and Bhagavad Gita, then Krishna smashes that merging in this verse. Krishna says, Bhagavad Gita, 15th chapter, 7th verse. Krishna says, the living entities in this conditioned world are my eternal fragmental parts. Due to conditioned life, they are struggling very hard with the six senses, which include the mind. You see, Krishna tells the mind is the sixth sense. So, and we've covered this before, but it's like uh, the mind through the eyes, through the sight, may see um, a billboard, you know, and it's hot. It's in, uh, it's over 100 degrees in, in Arizona. And you see a billboard and they have this big frosty mug of beer with a big foam on it, you know. Mm -hmm. You ever see that? And they, they'll have a little bit of the foam sliding down the side of the... I remember when I was a kid, <laughs> I used to... I grew up in Chicago and I used to watch the Cubs games and the White Sox games. And uh, there was this, I'll never forget it because I was a kid. And uh, so it was beaten into my head. There was these ham, it was Ham's beer. You ever heard of that? Ham's beer. You know, have you heard of it? You know, Ham's beer. And they would have like these bears, kind of like Yogi Bear. And it was always, uh, of course, baseball's taking place in the summer. So they always had these beautiful snowy scenes and that beer was so cold and it was always foamy and the foam was sliding down the side. And even though I was a kid, years away from tasting beer, I'd be thinking, whoa, man. Whoa, if I could just get a hold of it. You know, and my stepfather would be sitting there seeing that and go, hmm. And when a commercial came on, he'd run to the kitchen and crack one open, you know. <laughs> and I recently was thinking, you know, I wish I could have some of that, you know. <laughs> so the mind, through the sight, one of your, your this sense of sight, gets this information, this input. Wow, 
that looks good. And now the mind has to process this data. Heck, I want one of them. And guess what? That beer store is right over that 7-Eleven or whatever. They have 7-Elevens here, don't they? Okay, you know, Circle K. There's lots of Circle K. Okay, so it's right over that Circle K. I'm going in the parking lot and I'm going to run in there and I'm going to get me one of those beers and I'm going to let some of the foam slide out of it. And, you know, wow, this is so cold. So the mind <laughs> is like the central processing. You know, the, the data comes in through the senses and the mind, of course, we don't, we think the mind is ourselves because I am my body. That means I am my mind. So I think I want one of them, you see. So the mind, I want it, you see. Now the mind may say, gee whiz, uh, now's not a good time. I don't want to start drinking this early in the day. Or the mind may say uh, something else, whatever, you know. Um, but a lot of times the mind says, yep, 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 I want it. Maybe not right now, but a little bit later, you know. So another thing that can happen is you may be uh, in a mall. You know, as you get older and you live in a place like uh, uh, Arizona, you turn into what I used to call mall walkers. You know, <laughs> I remember back in the 80s, a friend of mine, this devotee friend of mine, started a, a painting shop business in a mall. <clears throat> yeah. And so I was in there with him one day he had just opened his store and I saw these old people and they're all walking down to the end and they go around and I saw a bunch of them. And I said to him, I said, he's Sudajiba. What are these people doing? They're just walking around. They're not shopping. And he said, oh, those are mall walkers. I said, what do you mean? He said, that's what happens to old people when they want to walk and it's hot outside or rainy or whatever. And I thought, well, how unfortunate. So here we are, fast forward to today, and here we, yeah. <laughs> if it's raining or cold or hot, uh, I need to walk, so go to the mall. <laughs> so, but when you're in the mall, you may go uh, past the famous food court. And then you get all these aromas that may, you know, you may going, be going along in your, your nose, interprets the smell of pizza. Right away, the mind says, wow, pizza, I want it. And then you have to say, my dear mind, it's not time to eat. And you can't have pizza anyway. And so on and so forth. So just, you're going to have to overcome that. So, so many things that, you know, we may hear music and I'm going to think, uh, the other day I was someplace and I, <laughs> most of you have never, you're not going to know what I'm talking about. You might, and you might, but most of you, I heard this song, Inagata De Vida. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know that song? Can you sing it a little bit? I have the title from there. Inagata De Vida, baby. <laughs> <laughs> It was done by Iron Butterfly back in 1968. 
and it was like uh, it was it was for people people who like to blow their minds out on Jesus freaks who got way stoned a lot of LSD a lot of marijuana tremendous amount of tequila chased by cerveza you know and then and that appear appealed you know when you're not in that consciousness you hear it and it's kind of un, you know but i remember back in the late 60s early 70s when that song came on it was like oh wow yeah turn that up boom 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 did you know the song i'm talking about yeah you know <laughs> it's complete mode of ignorance you know and <laughs> Uh, in the Garden of Eden, I think is what they're. But they were they were kind of emulating people that are so stoned they can't say it. In the Garden of Eden. You know. So you may hear that, and you know the ears send that to the mind, and the mind thinks, "Whoa, you know, turn that up. Let me sit down and jive to that, or maybe, you know, let's get stoned somehow, one way or another. Let's get stoned because you know you can't listen to." Iron Butterfly, unless you're stoned. God, everybody knows that. Unless you're a fool. You know? I mean, can you imagine anybody listening to Iron Butterfly that's not stoned some way? Come on, that's un-American. It's inhuman. You see? So this is the way. So that's the way my story was in those days. Hey, hey, crank that up, man. Somebody twist one. <laughs> Bam. So did I write that story? I kind of left that behind, you know. I didn't, that wasn't my story, but I was influenced huh? by my six senses in my mind, you know, including my mind. I processed all this data that was going on around me and, uh, the good time that my fellow man seemed to be having. You see, and I wanted to be like that. Yeah, but Krishna says here, the living entities that, that would include us, and all living entities, that includes the animals, everyone. In this conditioned world, this world is conditioned. What, is this, what does this mean? It's conditioned. It means that you're you're, you're being tricked by the illusory energy. You're being led around by it. You're following it. And typically, uh, m many, if not all, or at least most living entities have a, a hurting nature. You see, we, we, follow, uh, we follow the hurt. And whatever's happening, we go along. You know, when the I-10 or when the iPhone, what are they up to now? 12 or 11? Huh? 10. 10? When that comes out, I got to get me one of them. I mean, I've heard people say, oh, I've got to get one of them. Why, is your old phone about to, about to kick the bucket? Oh, no, it's not wrong. I got to have one of them. <laughs> I mean, you know, when I was... In the late 60s, I wanted to do what everybody else was doing, you know, because I didn't want to be left behind. 
I mean, you know, in 1968, who, who, you don't want to be the only kid on the block that doesn't have long hair, do you? Come on. If, I mean, if you're a guy, of course, if you're a girl, you probably, you see what I mean, though? So the herd, I followed the herd. Uh -huh. I was introduced to a certain, uh, actually, it happens again and again. Krishna says, uh, other, and another verse in Bhagavad Gita, when you take birth, you're given, due to your past desires and activities, a particular type of ear and a particular type of nose, particular eye, particular set of taste buds. So you're issued this. Now, when you're an animal, for instance, you know, the animals may not be uh, interested in some foods that we hold near and dear. We, by the same token, wouldn't be interested in some foods that they hold near and dear. You see what I mean? Uh, so, uh, we have a, and this particular type of ear and nose and set of senses that you have in the human body, it keeps changing. As you go through life, it keeps changing. Now, when I hear Iron Butterfly in a Degada Davida, I got a different ear now. Oh, I'm thinking, wow, turn that down. You know, it's been a long time since I've heard that. Well, that was cool, but that's enough of it, you know. <laughs> it's not entertaining anymore. You see? So things that we used to hold near and dear, they're not. So uh, we have a, even in this lifetime for the human beings, not so much for the animals, but for human beings, things change. As you get older, you have to adapt to a certain diet. So you find yourself getting attracted to certain different kind of food, your tongue, the eye, it's attracted to different things, you see? So, but Krishna is pointing out to us that the living entities in this conditioned world, the world is conditioned. It's all about conditioning. You see, it's, it's like uh, uh, a buffet of desires. Bu buff a huge buffet, even bigger than our buffet here at Covendas. I remember years, many years ago when I was in business, I had to go to a convention in Las Vegas. And so I was wondering, you know, where, where's a good place to eat? I had lunchtime is coming and, you know, and so I asked this one guy, hey, I need to go get something to eat here, you know, I'm getting really hungry. And I didn't have time to cook. There's no devotees around. And he said, well, the best place in town to eat is at the, the buffet at the Mirage. And I said, really? Do you have anything for vegetarian? He said, they've got everything you can imagine. And so I went over there and it was a buffet. And I'm sure it's probably the same now, if not even better. The buffet was like this gigantic room. I mean, as big as a Colosseum. And they had everything you could possibly imagine. Every kind of food. They had like five tables just for desserts. 
one for puddings, one for cakes, one for ice cream, you know, cherries, jubilee, bananas, foster, the whole thing. So, and I thought about when I saw this, I thought, well, what did it do, crash on you? Yeah. Oh. When I saw this, I thought, this is like the material world. The material world is like this unlimited buffet of temptations. Gee whiz, I have a desire to enjoy. And so the material world says, hey, how would you like this? Oh, not so much? Well, then how about this? Oh, how about this? And it's just unending. Well, then how about this? Sooner or later, the material energy is going to show you something. You're going to say, whoa, hey, that's me. That's it. I want that. So this material world is a place of conditioning. You see, conditioning brought on by your desires. I want to enjoy. Well, but Krishna is not here. You see, the source of enjoyment is not here. So Maya, the material energy says, you're not looking for Krishna. We both know that. You're looking for something you can enjoy separate from Krishna. So, hey, what do you think of this, huh? Oh, you don't know what this is? Look at that billboard up there. Huh? What do you think now? You know, you want that and you know it. And if you don't, I've got unlimited things that I can throw at you. You see? Because you've got five senses and I, me, Maya, the material energy, I can appeal to all of them. I have something for I have something for every desire you can possibly come up with aside from Krishna. Now if you want Krishna, I can't help you. But we both know you don't want Krishna now, do you? You see? That's not why you're here. You didn't come here looking for him. You came here to this place to get away from him. Well, that's okay. Because you came to the right place. Because I've got everything. So, all of these living entities in this conditioned world are my eternal, fragmental parts. Now, eternity, the devotee, the spiritualist, recognizes eternity this word eternal, as going both directions, okay? Always has been, always with, will be. It's eternal. So Krishna says eternal. Hare Krishna, Nara Hare. Hare Krishna, Shiva Kari. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. What a fortunate kid she is, huh? Where would we be today if we had a birth like that, huh? <laughs> why, oh, why, oh, why did God not let me have a birth like that? So Krishna says, all of you living entities in this conditioned world are my eternal fragmental parts. So you always have been, and you always will be my 
fragmental parts. You are the same as me. There's just less of you than me. You have all the attributes that I have. You see? Just in smaller quantities. But you have everything. One of these is independence. Krishna is independent. God doesn't have to depend on anyone. He's completely, he's the definition of independence. You see? And you have some minute independence as well. In that, you can make up your own mind. You can try to write a story different from being his eternal part and parcel. Now, it's going to be a fiction. It's going to be a novel. Because Krishna says that this is the, you're my eternal fragmented part. He doesn't say today or for a long time. Eternal. So you want to write a different story for yourself. You want to establish a different identity for yourself. Well, then being here with me is not going to be the best place for you to come up with your, your writing. The author of this play that you're going to star in. This isn't the best place. And you need to go someplace else. And I have a place for you. And you can go there and you can be all that you want to be. In your mind, you can write this story. And it may become a bestseller to you for a while. And maybe to others for a while. <laughs> you see? Is it going to stay number one on the list, on your list? No. Because you're going to change it as you go through life. You're going to start switching it around. You see? Because it doesn't satisfy you. If our stories were satisfying, we'd all still believe in Santa Claus. Right? That was kind of a fun time, wasn't it? You know, you're young. You can smell that pine tree. Of course, they don't do that. I don't know if they, they, I don't know if they do that anymore. You can smell the pine tree down the hall. You know, Santa's coming. You know. Wow, that was a cool time just being so dumb that you didn't know <laughs> what was really going on. You see? So we could have stayed with that story if we hadn't been so influenced by other fictional things that around us. That was all fiction. You know, our uh, protest rallies in the 60s, that was all fiction. It didn't accomplish anything. Some people say, oh, yes, it did. No, it didn't. <laughs> Come on. Look at the situation that the world is in now. Never didn't change anything in America or Europe or, you know, I mean, people will get red and faced and still argue with you. Oh, it did. <laughs> Come on, you know. So, um, Krishna says, due to conditioned life, there he goes with that conditioned thing. It's a conditioned world, and you have a conditioned life. You know, we might say, Krishna, I'm offended you, that you talk about my world and my life like that. Well, this is me. This is my story, and I'm writing, and you're telling me that I'm conditioned. Who do you think you are, God? Oh, wait a minute, you do think you're God. 
due to conditioned life, these living entities are struggling very hard with the six senses. Include the mind, which include the mind. You're struggling very hard with them. Now, some people may say, I'm not struggling with my senses. Well, my senses are my friend. You know, when I get hungry, I use, use them to, to taste, you see. So you don't see, no, you're struggling because the senses have a tendency to lead you this way and lead you that way. Away from your story. Now you can train your mind uh, away from being uh, a detriment to your development of your consciousness. You can actually train your, your, your mind to be your friend, you see. And the mind actually starts to get attracted to and then later attached to Krishna, to hearing about Krishna, to hearing about my relationship with Krishna. In other words, it starts to tell me who I am. My mind will remind me who I am. You see? So your, your mind will, tell, will say to you, this is you. You are an eternal, fragmental part of the most beautiful, most charming, most wonderful, most loving source of everything. So you're none of this foolish garbage that you thought you were. All of those silly stories that you believed in were about as, all of them were about as smart as believing in Santa Claus. You see, all of that was just rubbish. It was a waste of time. It was a passing of time. Now, I wouldn't say it's a complete waste, you see, because um, let's just say that you were raised in a, in a very bad family scenario. You know, uh, the home front's not that attractive. Mom and dad aren't that happy with each other. They're not that happy with you. You've got Maybe you're a product of a broken marriage, in poverty, whatever, you see. Uh, was that a waste of time? Or did you learn from that how I don't want to be? You see? So that's pretty valuable. That'll help you figure out who you want to be. When you feel like, well, I'm, you know, these people that have abused me, I don't, I don't want to end up like you. I don't want to treat people the way you've treated me. I don't want to see people in the world exposed to the type of lifestyle that I've had. So that's pretty nice. This is good knowledge. So it wasn't a waste of time. You see? It wasn't. So... Uh, we need to break out of this consciousness that I am my mind and that I am my senses. We've got to find out who we truly are. And then you, once you realize it, then you can say to the world, hey, this is me. This is, this is me. I am servant of God and servant of his servants. Das Anudas. I'm the servant of the servant of the servant of the servant. 
You find the lowest guy on that list of servants, and I'm that person's servant. In spiritual consciousness, that's the highest position. But out of humility, we're not trying to be the highest position. We really do want to be the servant of the servants. We want to be the servant of all living entities. We want you to find out who you are. And then you can say to the world, hey, this is me. You see? And it'll stick. It won't churn. It, will, it won't change uh, after the next styles come in. You can have it 10, 20, 50, 100 years, 1,000, maybe even for eternity. Because you know what your eternal position is, your e eternal identity. Now, later on, when you get back home, back with Krishna, your personal swarupa, your personal relationship is revealed to you. What is that eternal personal relationship you have with Krishna, you see? And your eternal form, you have an eternal form. What is that like? This will be revealed, you see? And these are eternal things. They don't change with the styles. They don't change with the fads. They're unaffected by the material energy. Once you get this consciousness, the material energy, it's like having on a, what do they call it, a Kevlar vest, you know, bulletproof. Once you get this understanding, you become bulletproof to this material energy. It shoots at you and you, you kind of chuckle at it, you know. Nice try. Actually, it wasn't even a good try, but thank you for thinking of me. <laughs> you know. So are there any questions or comments? Criticisms? Personal stories? Deep realizations? Yes? say, it says in well, various places, it says that, um, that the living entity has similar features to Krishna, meaning that we have eyes, nose, mouth, ears, hands, legs, you know, so we have a similar, we're similar to him. It says in the Bible, God created man in his own image even says that in the Bible, although some people uh, also say, some people who are fond of that, that same book say that God is just energy. So I'm confused. I mean, how can you believe both of them? You can't believe both of them. Either, all right, so, well, you can't believe them both. If God created me in his own image, then he can't be 
just energy. I can understand that God can be both manifest and unmanifest at the same time. Yeah. So, but is your question, will we look like we look right now? On, on my behalf, I, I sure as hell hope not. <laughs> you may be hoping, yeah, not me. Huh? I don't need that. I'm already there. <laughs> but it would be interesting. Can you only have like 10 or 20 years? I think they went to like 20, 50, 20, 50. Wow. <laughs> well, there's an, there's an equal half that goes opposite, too. You can see what you were like when you were ever young, too. Or whether. Have you tried it? No. No, in fact, I've been a co worker. Co worker. It'd be interesting to see if it's accurate. Yeah. But it would be interesting to see what is this body going to look back, look like if it makes it to, did you say 20 to 2050? Man, I don't have a prayer. <laughs> be 98 years old. Yeah, mother. Um, so let's say we, meant, we make it to this to God, right? Yeah. Um, is there some period of time where we're still susceptible to, to coming back to the material energy because we remember or maybe you're so fond of? Is there some extra resource that's provided to us once we're able to raise our consciousness to the level of going back to God? So that we don't come back again. Right. Again and again, Krishna makes that promise that if once you come home, you'll never you'll never leave. Now, it doesn't mean that they close the gate and they say, Don't let this one back out. But you had that itch and you scratched it. You went through that. What would it be like to be separate from Krishna? And the answer that you got was not a very attractive picture. What would it be like to be without Krishna? That was, that was the question that we had when we left. And so we're not prisoners. Krishna doesn't say, well, you'll never know. He's like, Do you, would you really like to know? Now to you, this is gonna take trillions of years. But to me and you, this is going to be like, but I'll let you know because I love you and you wonder that. Let me, let me show you what that would be like. Bam. And then because, uh, did we actually leave? We're standing there with Krishna. We get a little envious. Uh, huh? Say a thought. Yeah, it's just a thought. It's kind of like, uh, you ever see somebody nod off in Bhagavatam class? You know, you're sitting there and there's a nice class going on and you see somebody and they go, and then they wake right back up. It's kind of like that. You're there with Krishna, you get this thought. And you, so. Also, I've heard um, that like, we do it out of like, service to Krishna, like if we to, you know, go through all of that to show, you know, come back and like 
as like a service that there's no like to please him. Put yourself through that so that you can please Krishna. Well, we sure please him by coming back. So it's kind of like, I've used this analogy before. Let's say that you're, you, you go out into the Vrindavan forest to pick flowers for Krishna. And the flowers are so fragrant that they're intoxicating and so beautiful that they just want to make you swoon. So each one of these flowers is more and more beautiful. And finally, as you're picking these flowers for Krishna, you'll see one that's especially nice. And you think, wow, this flower would be fabulous in my turban. <laughs> and then you think, no, this flower would be fabulous in Krishna's turban. So this is what's actually happened for one nano of a nanosecond. I turned my desire to please from Krishna to me. And then I had the realization, although on this end of reality, we're in the illusory world. On this end, that took millions and billions of lifetimes. <laughs> Suffering and ignorance, things we didn't know we had to learn. You know, we had to go through Arizona summers, <laughs> Minnesota winters. You know, we had to go through all these different forms of life. We, how many times have we had to go through puberty for crying out loud? What a horrible part of life, you know? How many times have we realized there's no Santa Claus? <laughs> the next thing you find out is there's no Easter Bunny either. I mean, we, you know, you've been kicked around in this material world. So on our end, this looks so long, you know? This is, but on the, on the end of reality, this is kind of like, it's just a, what about directing my energies towards satisfying me? Instead of me being interested in Krishna's story, what about my story? I want to go someplace where there's a Facebook. You know? I don't want to put Krishna all over my Facebook. I want me. You know? So uh, I become so important to me. And I come to a world uh, full of people and they're so important to them, you see. It's like we talk, you know, if we if we all get together and have a group picture. And then they pass around the picture. The first person you're going to look for is you. You're not going to look for Krishna Nam or Tua Govinda, Mother Michelle. You're not going to look for You will shortly thereafter, but your first read was worth. Uh, was I blinking? You know? <laughs> so, you know, that's just. I mean, we can see this answers our nature. I want to. I I am the center of my universe. I am so interested in my story, and you know what? If you can convince me that you're interested in my story, you can be my friend. Because that guy over there, he's not interested in my story at all. 
So I don't think I like it very much. But, you know, if you're interested in my story, I think I'm kind of interested in yours too. Let's see. And from that, love can bloom. You see, if some of our neuroses match up, then we can be, we can be life partners, soulmates. You know, if you like to go to sports bars and throw back beers until you can't hardly make it home, then, and so do I, wow, this could be a marriage made in heaven. Well, who thought God would send me such a wonderful woman? Or man, or what, you know. Or if, if I like doing heroin and you like doing heroin, wow, this could really work. Because if, if I like doing heroin and you don't, we don't have a chance, you know, or even smoking. You know, if I smoke, I like to smoke cigarettes and you don't, man, that's going to be a, a strain on the relationship. But if you're lighting them up every time, every time I'm lighting one, you are too. Hey, <laughs> you say, Hey, what do you say we put this movie on pause and go outside, no matter what the weather is, and light one up? Yeah, honey. Yeah, that's one thing I love about you. Let's do it, you know. You know but if you don't, you're going to think, you idiot, it's so cold out there. Why would you go out? Why don't you quit this stupid thing? You see? But if your neuroses match mine, hey. This could be love. <laughs> this could be Cupid's arrow. So this is the sad, unfortunate situation in the material world. This is sad. And if you find somebody, when you're in illusion, if you find somebody that really is aspiring to find God and, and reestablish their lost relationship with him, then you're going to think, well, you're too deep for me. I don't want to go there. You don't want to. I mean, come on. You don't like to go to sports bars. You don't like to drink beer. You don't like to smoke. You don't like to do heroin. What do we have in common? You see? I mean, you're always with this God thing, you know. And I don't want to go there. It's like saying... That's like two, two people meet. One of them believes in Santa Claus and one of them doesn't. You know, well, they don't have a future. So, <laughs> so that's the unfortunate truth about this material world. We match up with people who share our illusions and our neuroses, you know, and that's really sad. And the, think of, the thing of it is, practically all the time when we are, when this is happening to us, we think, I'm, I'm in love. I don't know how, to, how many times I've met people, you know, people I haven't seen for a while, and I'll say, hey, how are you doing? You know, I haven't seen you in a long time. Oh, I'm doing this. And how's the job? Job is good. You know, well, what's happened in your life? I got great news. What? I'm in love. Oh, really? Okay, I'm happy for you, you know. And then you see them a little while later, you know, months or 
year or so later, whatever, and you say, you know, how's the job going? Hey, how's the love affair? Ah, oh, that witch. Oh, God. I wish she was dead. <laughs> and I thought you loved Or him, you know. Sometimes I meet people and they say, oh, I'm most, I've met the most wonderful man. I've learned that whenever I hear that, oh, God, this is going to end in disaster. You know. It's like, you know, I've, I've, I've heard this one before. I know where this is going. I'm not, you know. Some people just meet the right person and they get married and they go back to Godhead together, but they, you know, with this, anyway, this excitement, you know, from I've met somebody and I've got this temporary passion and it, it fades. It doesn't always have to, but it typically does. Sometimes real quick and sometimes kind of slow. Sometimes relationships die a slow, painful death. <laughs> so, anything else? Yes. I got a, I got a, I got a different Santa Claus. <laughs> <laughs> Santa Claus is Krishna, and I'll tell you why. People don't believe know whether they believe in Santa Claus or not. Well, people sometimes don't know whether they believe in God or not. Yeah. Then also with Santa Claus, you know how you leave out milk and cookies for Santa Claus? We offer our food to Krishna. Right. That's another, another one is um, he comes, Santa Claus comes in the reindeers in the sky. Krishna comes with Garuda. <laughs> mm -hmm. And the last one is Santa Claus can't. Krishna can't find any way to get in the house, so he's going to come into the chimney. And that's the only hole there is. If you don't have the door open, we're not open to Krishna, and you'll find him come through the chimney. And those, that, you know, I just, I don't know, it really works for me. Look at how Well, even this concept of, of Santa Claus is kind of like an atheistic way of the parents telling the children, you know, he knows when you've been bad or good, you know. Uh, and even if you're not teaching devotional service, unconditional devotional service, you're teaching people about God that uh, according to Karmakanda, if you do good, you'll get good. If you do bad, you'll get bad, you see. So I can see what happens is they just replaced God with Santa Claus. And then, don't believe in him. I mean, you know, believe in him, but then don't believe in him. Right. When, and when we get wise to the Santa Claus thing, well, there goes our belief in God, too. You know, with a lot of people. I've had a lot of people tell me that their belief in God, when the Santa Claus thing went away, they started to wonder, well, is this God story the, the, the same thing or similar? You know, you're telling me about this all-powerful, all-knowing entity, just like Santa Claus. <laughs> no. Oh yeah, there's a, that's another one. Santa Claus, Santa Claus is who you write your list out to what you want, and it's Krishna that would give you what you want. Bhaktaram Dirgitapasam, Krishna says, I am the ultimate recipient of all of your austerities and your penances. 
So no matter who you offer it to, you may make some, offer some austerity to Shiva and you want some result. That ultimately winds up in Krishna's hand. And he's the one that actually furnishes it through Shiva, you may, but Shiva can't give it to you, but he passes it on. He, Krishna, she's wanting this. Krishna is saying, yeah, give it. You have my approval. You can give. You know how they, the story goes where um, the little girl, um, she gets up really early because to see Sam putting the toys around. She has, she gets really, really early. So that's with Krishna consciousness. If you get up really early, you'll have you have that experience. Yeah. <laughs> we get up early and go to Mangalarti looking for Krishna. <laughs> Danged if we don't find him. There he is. Yeah. So there are there are many similarities. But um, No, I mean, there is not enough, I mean, my flower to make a garden, so. What else? Anybody else have a question, comment? Is this your first time here? Yeah? She came on Monday. Right, Monday? Yeah. Ah, what's your name? Melissa. Melissa? Do you know this guy? Can I tell you about this guy? <laughs> He's a really nice guy. I think you kind of lucked out by finding a guy like that because he brought you here. I think he's pretty lucky too because <laughs> you just, you agreed to come here. You see how you've got these, these wonderful things working for you? These are good similarities to have. You see, very auspicious. So thank you for coming at Krishna Kova. I hope you come every week. We should actually ditch work early. Because like, we work at the same place. And really? I'm going, she to come. Where do you work? Mm -hmm. um, What's that? It's a call center, BXI. BXI. Call center. Do you get calls coming in or do you make the calls going out? Uh, calls coming in. Okay. <laughs> Complaining. They're very nice. Oh, are they? Yeah. Yeah. Was that you that I talked to today? Never. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I always try to be real nice to those people when I, you know, even if they goof up, you know, just say, uh, well, you did a really good job, you know. Oh, would you like to stay on the line and take our survey? No, no, I'll just tell you. And sometimes they're so nice, I say, all right, I'll stay on the line and take the survey. I wish I had people like you. <laughs> it's fun to get them to laugh. She's always like, I can see, I'm like so upset at the phone. Like, I look over and she's like having a good time praying with people. Well, that's great. 
I like it when I get, uh, you get, sometimes I reroute the calls to India. Yeah, you can get someone, good afternoon, my name is Joshua, how can I be helping you? <laughs> Come on, sure. Your name's not Joshua. <laughs> Joshua. <laughs> Get out of here. Yeah. And my name is Govinda. So I'm Govinda and you're Joshua, right? You know? My mother named me Govinda. <laughs> and your mother named you Joshua. Uh-huh. No, I just, you know, they're... Uh, <laughs> So I'll play along with them, and at the end, they'll take care of my problem at the end. They'll say, okay, Joshua, have a great day, and Hare Krishna. Oh, Hare Krishna. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes they'll say, Hare Krishna, Hare Ram. Those robocalls, you know, that they're half robot and half million, uh, regular person. Like they have one that they're, they're trying to get uh, funds for families so you can watch police officers, you know. They're, the police officers' families have been killed. That's usually a scam. Well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They get the lowest sounding man's voice, very intimidating sounds. You're going to. You're going to contribute to this, these families and stuff, right? How much do you want to start with? You really love it. No, it's intimidating, you know. And I'm like, is this a real person? You know, and they're like, and they have an answer for everything. Yeah. You know, and I think it's half real and half not. It's like you have a real person that hits this button and says that response or something. I don't know. You know, it, yeah, it could be. Yeah. I just say thank you, no. no. But I I did read that uh, that's a very common scam. Um, a policeman that was killed in action or something like that. Yeah, they, they want your card number. I'm like, who am I talking to? They want, yeah, they want it. Of course, you've heard about the officer that was killed in line of duty, saving a mother and three children. Uh, yeah, I did read some. Well, we're collecting for his family and their well-being. Of course, you'd like to get, I'm, I'm sure you'd like to be included in those who are going to donate. Well, I would, but I'm not. No. <laughs> you mean you're not? <laughs> uh, that's right. I'm not. We, their answer is, their answer is, oh, well, we have all lines of amounts. You know, you can do as low as $15, 35 $15. Uh -huh. What would you, which one would you like to do? Uh, count me out. Okay, here we are. I'm saying goodbye. Bye. That's the nature of the material world. We don't know when we're being scammed. I know that if I give uh, money to the Brahmins, that it's the same thing as giving it to Krishna putting it in Krishna's hand. It's just like if you water the root of a tree, then all the twigs and branches and leaves get the benefit of that water. So if I give my money to Krishna, 
then it goes everywhere. I don't, uh, well, let's see. I guess there are times when I've given to people who really needed some money that I knew needed the money and I knew they weren't going to go buy drugs or something with it. I mean, I knew they were devotees. Maybe they needed, you know, or I give to a temple. I know uh, the temples are feeding people. They're giving out free books. This is real human uh, welfare. This is true welfare. So in that way, I, I know when I give to the temple that something really good is going to come from that. When I don't, then it's questionable, you know. And, you know, I'm a pretty poor person. I don't have that much money to give away. So when I do give some in charity, I want to make sure that I get all the bang for my buck that I can get, you know. So I... But, you know, it's like these guys that have the signs. Uh, will work for food. Or they'd say, hungry, can you help? And you say, come on, get in. I'll take you and buy you something to eat. Well, that's not, no, I don't want that. Just give me, just give me some money. No. Oh, yeah, when you try to offer them food. They yeah. Or if you've got some prasadam snack in the car, you say, here, take this. What's this? Well, those are almonds, you know. Those are almonds. And you got no money? <laughs> I got some almonds. <laughs> They're really good almonds. <laughs> so. I ran in that today. I was walking to work and a lady came up. She says, do you have any money? I'm really hungry. Honestly, I just want food. I just want food. And I said, well, I said, we have to be passing by Nietzsche's. So I said, well, I'll take you in there. Which is food. Oh, well, I don't, I don't carry cash with me. And she says, well, I really need the cash. And I'm sorry.